Podcast dedicated to suspense and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. We love scary old-time radio stories. There's nothing quite like a disembodied voice telling a genuinely disturbing tale. But maybe that's just us. Maybe these stories don't actually hold up after all this time. So we're revisiting these old shows to put the terror on trial. Do they still work in the 21st century, or are we being deceived by nostalgia? Are these stories blood-chilling? Or butt-numbing. For tonight's episode, I've chosen The Demon Tree from Dark Fantasy. Aired originally December 5th, 1941. Starring Eleanor Naylor, Corin, and Ben Morris. You might recognize Ben if you saw his face from a few episodes of Dragnet. Five of them, to be exact. Dark Fantasy had a short run of 31 episodes, debuting on November 14th, 1941, and ending June uh, 19th, 1942. It originated from station WKY in Oklahoma City and was heard Friday nights on NBC. The stories found a nationwide audience almost immediately. However, having no steady theme or announcer and random characters and stories led to its ultimate demise. 28 of the original episodes have survived. We could spend all night sharing nerdy facts about dark fantasy. For example, the writer Scott Bishop wrote all the stories for the series and the strange Dr. Karnak. He also contributed scripts to The Mysterious Traveler and The Sealed Book. Forget the petty distractions around you. Forget what you think you know. Forget everything but what you hear right now. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. pounds on the Jack of Diamonds. You should tear your money up, Humphreys. It would last you longer. <laughs> eh, perhaps you're right, Crane. But this way I get a sense of honest toil. I say, isn't anyone else betting? Oh, let's quit. I'm tired of losing. Oh, look here, old girl. Could I loan you a few pounds? No, thank you, Crane. <laughs> I, I have enough to get me back to London. If we ever do get back. Now, why do you say that, Clara? It's only a matter of a stage getting through here to the resort and taking us out of this beastly place. Beastly place is right. Why people come here for a rest is more than I can determine. Honestly, I've never spent such an uncomfortable week in all my life. Well, think of me. I've been here three. So have you, Humphreys. Mm. Oh, look here, you two. It's three o'clock. They're expecting the stage around eight tonight. Uh, what do you say the three of us go for a bit of a walk through the forest? I say, why not? Oh, here comes Danvers. Perhaps he'll join us. Anything to get away from this place. Uh, good afternoon, Danvers. Uh, greetings, good people. 
I take it you're no happier than when I left you a while ago. Oh, the place is as gloomy as a morgue. We've just agreed to take a walk in the forest back of the inn. You're invited to come along if you like. Sounds like a good enough way to pass the time. Oh, good. And we all go together. Besides, I'm quite interested in that forest out there. You remember, of course, the story the night clerk told us last evening. Yes, I don't like him. He talks through his nose. People should talk through their mouths. No, no, no. I mean, what he told us about the forest. What about the forest? I didn't hear it, Humphreys. Well, the clerk said it was a gorgeous place. Lots of beautiful foliage, vivid colors, clear water lakes. But nobody goes there. It's so beautiful. That's just it, Clara. You see... People have gone there and never come back. Rubbish. A lot of nonsense. Why, the clerk is just superstitious, that's all. I am inclined to agree with you, Danvers. Why, he even told us an absurd story about... about a tree out there in that forest that's supposed to strangle people. (laughs) Strangle them? How? Oh, I don't know. With its branches, I suppose. Just some absurd legend the people around here like to believe. I believe it's more than just a legend, Crane. Eh? And what makes you say that, old man? Uh, Here. I talked to the clerk again later last night. He dug out this old newspaper clipping for me. Read it, Danvers. Aloud. Old is right. Almost illegible. Well, read it. It says... London, England, April 21st, 1857. It is reported that Sir Horace Wakefield... Earl of Dorsha was found strangled last night in Barlow Forest. His body was discovered entangled in the branches of a huge oak tree. Oh. Oh, go on. Read the rest of it. Earl's death recalls to mind the weird tale of the witch of Barlow Forest, who is said to have lived in the 16th century. An evil old hag who, upon having a falling out with Sir Thomas Holly Wakefield, cursed him and warned him that any of his descendants who entered Barlow Forest would surely perish. Mm, Charming old girl, wasn't she? No, no, no. Don't scoff until you've heard the rest of it. Go on, Danvers. She also added that any person or persons with the Wakefield descendant would also die. She is said to have planted an acorn smeared with her own blood. The acorn is supposed to have grown into a towering oak capable of moving about from place to place in Barlow Forest. Sir Horace is the sixth of the Wakefield line to have perished by strangulation in the forest. Thomas Hurley Wakefield. I wonder. Hmm? You wonder what, Cray? Uh, My mother's name was Wakefield. I was just wondering if she was related to Sir Thomas. Oh, of course not, Crane. It's just a story. What uh, an extraordinary story, didn't you say? Yes. Wouldn't do very well as a bedtime story, would it? A demon tree. I wonder if we could find it. Well, let's have a try, shall we? I'm game. Don't let anybody say I'm not. Then let's go. Oh, Humphrey's going along. I say, Humphrey's, are you daydreaming? Hmm? I was just thinking. Wouldn't it be odd if the whole thing were true? If we all went in there and didn't come back.
Well, do you gentlemen see any way we can get into that forest? It's as dense as Father Time's beard. Doesn't seem to be an opening anywhere. I think we can get in over here. Oh, all right. Coming, Danvers. There seems to be a footpath over here. Only one along this line of the forest. There, see? Oh, yes, you're right. Uh, come on, I'll leave. Uh, we'd better remember the way back. It'd be hard to get out of here if we didn't know where this opening is. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll remember it. I'm good at landmarks. Go ahead, Clara. I'm right behind you. I say, do any of you feel that? Feel what, Danvers? The chill. I feel like... like it's 20 degrees colder in this place. I feel that way, too. So do I. It's naturally cooler in the woods where the sun doesn't shine. But not this much cooler. I don't like this place. I'm for going back to the inn. Oh, let's get on ahead a little ways. I say, it is pretty in here. Pretty or not, it gives me the creeps. It isn't the kind of cold caused by climatic changes. What was that, Denver? I said, it's a different kind of cold. It's the kind that creeps up your spine when some... some evil comes over you. Oh, now, Danvers. We're just letting that newspaper story play on your mind. Wait a minute, eh? Look! That tree there in front of us. It looks like a human giant. Jove! You're right, Danvers. I could swear it moved just a moment ago. It did move. I saw it too. That's the strangest looking tree I ever saw. Look at that bark. I wonder if... Crane! What's wrong, man? I... I just touched the bark of that tree and it... It didn't feel like bark at all. What? No. It felt like... Like human skin. Here. Let me feel it. It's true. It does feel like skin. Warm. And smooth. And soft. Yes. It feels that way to me, too. Here. Humphreys, you touch it. No, thanks. Go ahead, Humphreys. Feel it. I have no desire to. You see... I'm sure you're right. What's that? I feel that... that this is the demon tree of Barlow Forest. Humphreys. I think we've seen enough of this place, haven't we? Let's get back to the end. Yes, let's. All right. Come on. I say, wait a minute. Have you noticed how dark it is? All of a sudden... The sun's behind a cloud, probably. It's impossible to see the sky through this foliage. It is darker. I can hardly see where I'm walking. Are you quite sure this is the right way? I don't remember this clearing. I don't either. Wait a minute. By heaven, this isn't the way. It must be. We're on the path, aren't we? No. No, I don't think we are. So dark. Do any of you have a flash? I certainly don't remember this clearing. I think. <gasps> what was that? What was what, Crane? Ah. You. You'll think this is foolish, but. I swear I felt 
the branch of a tree brush across my face and shoulder. That's... that's impossible. There's not a tree within 50 feet of it. But I felt it, I tell you. It rustled like a branch covered with leaves and yet it... it felt warm and soft like human flesh. Are you sure? Yes. Look, we're lost here. It's dark, dark as night, right in the middle of the afternoon. And we've lost the path in that tree. Easy, Crane. Keep your head, man. I'm getting out of here. I'm not going to stay here and be murdered. Crane! Stay with us. No, no. I'm going to find the path and get out of here. Crane, stay here. We'll find a way back. I don't want to stay here and die. I want to get away from this place. Crane, don't be a fool. Crane! Now he is in for it. We're better off by staying together. I don't know whether we are or not. Listen. It's great. Sounds like he's strangling. Come on. Oh, he couldn't have gotten far. Right over here, I think. Now take it easy now. Be careful. <gasps> oh, there he is. Yes. Stretched out on the ground. Like, like he was... Dead. Look. Look at him. Marks on his throat. Like hands would make. That wasn't done by hands. See? Stains on his skin. Green stains. Thomas Wakefield Crane. Oh, what a horrible way for him to die. Clara, that tree. This is where we first saw it. Now it's gone. Humphreys, you're right. This is where it was. I'm sure of it. Then what's happened to it? The important question is, what are we going to do with Crane? We'll have to leave him here until we can find a way out of this place. Poor Crane. It happened so quickly. One minute he was with us and the next... We warned him not to leave us. Now the three of us had better stay close together. Oh, yes, for heaven's sakes, let's not get separated. And do come on. There's nothing we can do for Crane now. We've got to find our way out of here. It doesn't seem right leaving him there. It's all we can do. Come on. How do we know which way to go? We don't. All we can do is keep moving and hope to find the path again. Oh, it's horrible. Wandering about like this, like... like nothing but a group of marionettes. Controlled by what strange puppeteer? What? What's that, Humphreys? I said... controlled by what strange puppeteer? Humphreys, surely you don't think we've been purposely led into this? Who can say? Oh, now, Humphreys. Crane went off the deep end. We've got to keep our heads. We found a way in. Surely we'll find a way out. Yes. Yes, we did find a way in. But what about the chill? The darkness? There's some explanation. Perhaps a storm is coming up. Yes. That could be it. Couldn't it? 
Storms don't rise that quickly in this part of the country. And the darkness. It came down on this forest like a shroud. Yes. Came so quickly. Reminded me of how a corpse must feel in his coffin when the lid is put over him. Look here, Humphreys. I'm about fed up with that sort of talk. Only a fool refuses to face the facts, Danvers. You know this isn't any ordinary situation we're in. The chill of winter in the summertime. Darkness in mid-afternoon. And a tree that strangles. It was probably just an... An accident, Crane's death. Why don't you stop trying to tell yourself that the tree was only an imaginary thing? We all know that it's real. Humphreys. And as alive as any of us. The bark did feel like human flesh. Danvers. Humphreys. Look. What? What is it? A glow of light there ahead of us. It's the tree. There. Now, what do you think, Danvers? Look. It's the tree moving along in a glow of phosphorescent light. Good heavens! It's the same tree! It looks like a human giant. It was nowhere near here. It was back there. Do you two see what the tree is carrying? It's carrying Crane. It's got him tucked up under that huge branch that looks like a human arm. Oh. It's fading now. Disappearing again. Fading away. Yes. Gone. It's gone. Now do you believe, Danvers? Now do you admit that the tree is alive? What else can I believe? I don't know. Danvers, look out! He's fallen into a water pit. Oh. Help! Help me! It's quick, Danvers! He's thinking. Help! I'm into my waist. Get me out of here. Stand still, Danvers. You just sink deeper. Quick, help me out of here. Get something I can get onto. Here, Danvers. Danvers, grab the end of that pole. He'll let me help him. Grab it, Danvers. Grab it. The pole, Danvers. Grab the end. I can't. You are. I can't. That tree branch. It's bearing me. Good Lord. Listen, Clara. A tree branch. But we can't see it. I can't get near the pole. The branch keeps feeding me back. Humphrey, do something. He's up to his shoulders now. I can't. I can't make it. I can't help. Save me. Save me. No, I... You go under the quicksand and strangle. Danvers, there's nothing I can do. That tree. The demon tree. There's no saving from it. Gone. Poor devil. Didn't have a chance. Humphreys, we've got to get out of here. We're all doomed. It's the Wakefield curse. Clara, stop it. It is the curse. We're helpless. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves. Clara, stop it. Humphreys. Now we can't give up. We've got to find a way out of this place. Follow me. Be careful where you step. Whatever happens, keep your head, Clara, for heaven's sake.
walked for hours. I say, it's getting a little lighter. Clara, up ahead there. Isn't that a path? What? Oh, you're right, Humphreys. It's the path we came in on. And look, there's an opening through the trees. Yes, I remember the landmarks. Oh, thank God for the light. Come on, Clara. Out of this place. There's nothing we can do for Danvers or Crane now. you feel as I do. I thought we'd be safe back here in the hotel. I don't know how to describe it, but I have a feeling that this whole business isn't over yet. I know. I've had the same feeling. A feeling that we're not finished with the demon tree. Or that it's not finished with us. Yes, exactly. and have a drink, Clara. Heaven knows we need one. Yes, I certainly do. What's worrying me is how we're going to explain what happened to Craig in Danvers. Yeah, wait a minute. I'll get the light. There. Humphrey! <gasps> On the bed there. Good Lord. The branch of a tree about two feet long. Humphrey, don't touch it. Look at it. Look at it. A fresh living branch. Put it down. Oh, Humphreys, I'm getting out of here. Where are you going? Down to the lobby and wait for the stage. Oh, hold on, I'll go with you. Wait, Clara. Wait, it's three flights down. Let's take the elevator. All right. We can get the thing up here. It's automatic. Just push the button, it'll come up. Humphreys, look. Someone left the steel gate open. I say, that's dangerous. It certainly is. <gasps> Humphreys, that branch is pushing me. Drop it. down the shaft. It's after me. Get away. Get away. Help me. Help me, somebody. The tree. The demon tree. It's talking me. descendant of Sir Thomas Hurley Wakefield, who enters Barlow Forest, is doomed to die. And all who enter the forest with him are likewise doomed.
You have just heard The Demon Tree, an original tale of dark fantasy by Scott Bishop. Tonight's cast included Eleanor Naylor Corrin as Clara, Ben Morris, who was Humphreys, Garland Moss took the part of Danvers, and Murillo Schofield was heard as Crane. Next Friday night at this time, the National Broadcasting Company will bring you another unusual and fantastic adventure thriller, Men Call Me Mad, the story of another world and the people who inhabit it, an exciting and weird tale of dark fantasy created by Scott Bishop. Dark fantasy originates in the studios of station WKY, Oklahoma City. That was The Demon Tree from the radio show Dark Fantasy. You are listening to the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense and horror stories from the golden age of radio. Once again, I am Eric. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. That originally aired uh, back uh, in 1941, in December of 1941. Again, not too many uh, dark fantasies uh, made it, 31, before it got canceled. Um, and usually I start uh, our podcast uh, on the tail end of these, listening to them with asking, why did you pick this? So I'll ask myself, and uh, Eric, why did you pick this? Well, thank you, Eric. I will tell you <laughs> why I picked this. Um, this episode pops up frequently on the Internet in all sorts of forums, chat thingies, people talking, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> the words for it, but it pops up frequently as one of the top scariest old-time radio shows of all time, right? I will tell you that before uh, the podcast and before uh, recording this, uh, when I listened to it and sent it to you, I listened to it for the first time and then sent it to you. Um, before I tell you anything more, I'd like to hear reaction, and then I'll tell you some other things. So what's your reaction to this? I enjoyed it, and I understand theoretically why it's scary. I had a hard time getting past um, the telegraphing dialogue that just constantly, constantly told you that uh, it's going to be scary, that mm -hmm. we're all going to die. Mm -hmm. To the point that uh, I, I love after they've decided to go for a walk in the forest when Humphreys says, I was just thinking, wouldn't it be odd if the whole thing were true and if we went for this walk and we never came back? Right. <laughs> I mean, I expect a certain amount of stilted uh, sure. dialogue and, and particularly, you know, if you're talking about the 30s through the early 40s, I think they were still figuring out what. Uh, the radio conventions were, mm -hmm. uh, but it just seemed needless telegraphing when there are a lot of legitimately scary ideas in there. So some of that kind of popped me out of it. Well, at the time, the English were very slow to connect a topic they were just <laughs> discussing with an activity they're about to do. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> oh, wait, they were supposed to be English? <laughs> well, that's the other thing. There wasn't an English accent with 100 miles of this. They were in near London. There was, the director was just like, don't use contractions. No one will know. <laughs> English enough. Let's talk about this concept. Well, hold on, Tim. I want to get your reaction. There, there's... Two parts I liked very much. Uh, I liked the way they handled and just the, the feel of this story growing out of this sort of decadent, tired lifestyle. Mm -hmm. that these people are sort of bored and done with life. And What does it remind you of? That thing that you did with the previous podcast with the... Vincent Price? Vincent Price. Oh, yes, yes. The, the Price of, of Fear, or the uh, Eye for an Eye. Eye yeah, for an Eye. Price of Fear. Same kind of... 
Yeah. I'm glad you glommed on the the, the, the decadent, decadent wealthy opulent, people. rich, bored out of their mind. They're at a resort. They're yeah. not doing anything, yet they're still bored out yes, of their mind. And uh, you and you want them to get killed. Yeah. Within two <laughs> minutes, just kill these people. But yes. Uh, and then the other thing was the touch of getting them out of the, the forest safe, and they're not done. Even though it's ridiculous of almost like a branch followed us out of the woods, but it does, and it's pretty good. It's pretty scary. Yeah? All right. Well, let's talk about this. Are, are trees coming to life scary? So Wizard of Oz, <laughs> right? Let's name all the scary coming to life. Now, Lord of the Rings, you guys were mentioning some before the podcast. Lord of the Rings, you got walking, talking trees. You got the, the apple throat. I'm pushing the glasses up my nose. Ants. Yep, the ants. <laughs> uh, I... Shoggoths from uh, Lovecraft weird mythos are sort of tree-like. And this story is based on, on some real Oh, not Shoggoths. Myths. Oh, no. Oh, the anger message is dark young, not Shoggoths. Dark okay. young. Yeah, <laughs> oh, boy. Don't get those angry HP Lovecraft people on our bus. I'm glad you said something. I can stop typing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned some other ones. What did you say? Evil Dead? No, someone was talking Yes, Evil Dead had, mm-hmm. a, had a notorious uh, evil tree. Yeah? Is, uh, our... Are trees scary? I that's what I'm <laughs> trying to get to here. I don't know. When they're presented in a way that is scary, there's a sort of overgrown uh r- rotten uh element to trees that are sort of too old and dying. It's the the scariness in trees comes from the image of being in a forest or being alone and the sound they make as the wind is passing through them. The, the scariness of trees is always like, because they make noises and you think something else is out there. It's not because the trees themselves, the trees signify a dark forest alone at night and maybe something's in it. But when the trees themselves become the thing that's in it, it's not as scary. And it happens more than what we're mentioning. And there's a lot of mythology of trees doing terrible, evil things. And, and, and I think you're right. It has to do with being lost in the woods and your it's mind more playing an, tricks, and they look like they have arms. And it's more of an English thing. And the English are easily frightened. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> there goes our English listener base. Uh, wait, do they get iTunes? <laughs> um, yeah. So that was one thing that I wanted to discuss with you is the idea of of how scary is a tree. But then Tim also brought up the beginning was is, is slow and ridiculous well like this idea we're so bored you want to go for a walk in the woods and they're like yes let's go for and i was like that sounds even more boring (laughs) you were just gambling you were playing poker or something and there was gambling that's more interesting than taking a walk isn't it and then they get out there and uh uh, I do like the idea of once they enter in, the transformation is immediate into the woods. Uh, but there's also an element missing in this, and that I've talked about in other podcasts. The foley is important, and mm-hmm. there's very little foley. There should be crunching and walking oh, yeah. through the yeah. woods constantly, and we don't. It helps to get the feel that I can picture the woods and where we are, but we, they're just talking. Part of me was listening to this and thinking this would make a great short story because the scariest stuff in here is dialogue that's a little over the top, but in prose form, the dialogue that describes them brushing up against a tree and then it felt like flesh. That's a little terrifying. Uh, When the tree branch brushes against the guy and he describes that he could hear the rustling of uh, leaves, but it also felt warm and soft. And that kind of image goes, ooh. But when it's on this stilted dialogue that is describing 
everything as if these maybe these guys are blind like if I found in the beginning that they were blind and they went to this forest this this whole thing would come alive to me like a tree yes uh yeah the and then they say it's, it looks like a human giant. Well, as yeah, there was like a they, cow giant, they see a this monkey tree giant walking around <laughs> carrying this body that seems like it's really going to head to some sort of climactic thing, and then it fades away, and then they leave. Yeah, and then they just they find a branch in bed. <laughs> right. That's kind of weird. Oh, yeah, this is actually my my very favorite moment from this entire thing is after they find the. The branch, and they're like, well, this is scary. I'm going to go back down to the lobby. And they go over to the elevator, and then suddenly they're really calm, like, oh, look, someone left the gate open in the elevator. And Humphreys is like, that's dangerous. <laughs> They've seen all their friends ruthlessly murdered by trees. And suddenly he's like from OSHA. He's like, Whoa, we better close this gate. Someone could get seriously hurt well, around here. Even without the gate, I would. the elevator's not the safe way to get out of a situation when you're. There's a threat. There's a uh, take the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> There's another element that occurs in this story that happened uh, a few weeks ago. Josh or Tim, Tim's episode. Uh, I can't remember right now, but uh, that where the guy in this one says, uh, "Screw it, I'm out of here." Mm-hmm. Like, and they just take off. It was uh, the shadow people. Yeah, mm-hmm. where the guy Brian a few weeks ago, yeah, Ryan, yeah, yeah, just goes, you know what? Just stay by here, and we're all going to be safe. And he lasts two seconds, and he leaves and gets killed. Right? Yes. Happens in this. All right, all right, all right. This is weird. Everybody, just stay here. He, the panic set in with that guy immediately, <laughs> and he was gone to get killed. And, uh, and then another weird thing is, if you're being attacked by trees, why is there quicksand? <laughs> Why do we need to add that the quicksand? That is a menace in the English countryside. <laughs> <laughs> there are patches of quicksand everywhere. Are there? Yes. Yeah. I have not been there, so I. I good it's to know. Part of, it's part of cricket. You have to jump over <laughs> quicksand pits. Is that in the travel guides? Wary yeah, of we've quicksand. Talked in the past too about the, the sort of morality of of victims of horror. Of did you have this coming? Uh, and so this crane guy, well, he was a descendant. He has his comments in his blood. And then there's also the tacked on, and everyone with you. Right. Yeah. And so it's doubly unfair because he ran and left everyone by themselves. And, and as far as storytelling goes, this is what bothers me. They're bored, they're bored, they're bored. Mm-hmm. They're going to go for a walk. And then this guy pulls out this thing and says, oh, by the way, did you know, like, where was this three hours ago or four <laughs> days ago, this piece of information about... The guy that went into the woods and the old... I can't remember what the hotel guy that provided... The hotel was... clerk told them that. But the night before. The night before, yeah. Why, if we're so bored, why don't you go, you guys, I finally found yeah. something <laughs> of interest in this terribly boring place and all our money. Like, it, 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 that, like, oh, we're going to go to the Watkins. You know what? The hotel guy just gave me this... Yeah, it obviously would make a much fresher scene if you had the hotel guy in it, who right then in that moment heard they were bored and told them. And so you weren't exactly. you weren't having them repeat the story that they'd all already heard, but one person forgot about it. So it's, it's kind of really weak. It seems really simple to me, though. Like, they're bored. Guy mm-hmm. comes in and says, hey, did you mm-hmm. know about this? They go, let's go into the woods and see. That's much easier premise than how they got there. That was so complicated to get them into the woods. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, and again, once they were in the woods, um, uh, I wasn't I, able, because of Foley, to picture the woods. I wasn't able to really get that lost in the woods, so to speak, and, and feel this. And, um, and as I brought up earlier, I guess I don't find trees scary. No. And, and so uh, the tree coming back to attack them. And was it just the branch? 
It's just the branch. The branch reached out and shoved uh, Clara down the <laughs> elevator shaft. <laughs> <laughs> and she even says, the branch is shoving me down the elevator shaft. Then she falls, and then Humphrey says, the branch, it just shoved her down the elevator shaft. He said, like, twice. They over-narrated I so wish I much. had it in my notes. There was that line they made him repeat, and I can't remember it now. What did you say? And he said it twice. Oh, oh yeah. I can't remember it uh, now. Oh, it made me laugh so hard. Why are you making him repeat these lines? Well, there's, there's that thing where, where Humphrey seems really mesmerized the whole time. The actor who plays Humphrey, which is really weird. He's always yeah. speaking really mysteriously, almost like a red herring. Like he's luring yes. them. And it's a really weird acting choice. And you get to the point where he's still talking like that in the woods. And he says something about, oh, the darkness came so quickly. It was like a... Uh, uh, the lid of a coffin coming down on yeah, you, and, and yeah, and Danvers is like, "Look here, Humphreys, I'm just, I'm fed up with this talk." And I was like, "Yes, me too. <laughs> Stop talking like an idiot and get out of the forest." It's unfortunate that her last words on this earth were, "The branch is shoving you down the elevator shaft." <laughs> well, um, all that being said, uh, I, I think. I mean, if I was going to die. And I had the opportunity to explain why. <laughs> <laughs> I see the logic to it. It's a giant acne anvil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my arteries are clogging. The catapult is wound too tight. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that no one else was terribly terrified by no, this. And uh, again, as I pointed out before, I mean, we talked before we started the podcast, and I said, we'll save it for the podcast, and then I brought it up at the beginning. There's a reason I picked this, and as I said at the beginning here, it, there's just a lot of talk about, oh, this is really scary. So I listened to it and went, I really uh, have a lot of issues with this, and mm-hmm. I'm not that uh, scared or uh, happy with that 30 minutes gone. And I sent it to you guys for this reason, because I wanted to find out if you guys went... What are you talking about? That was <laughs> yeah. really scary, but it really, it, it could have been. Yeah. yeah so, I think part of it, and I'll, I'll get back to wrapping up here in a minute, uh, You, the process of characters trapped in a situation and dying one by one works if you care about the characters. Right. And we didn't. No, you hate them from the beginning. I, I do like that they all die. <laughs> <laughs> For the reason I didn't care about the characters, but also for the reason that there, we talked about this before, of oh, when everybody dies and there is no solution, and that becomes hopeless, and that there is something scary about that. Everybody goes in this, so the, that's a redeeming quality. <laughs> yeah, well, the episode has no structure without everyone dying. That is, that is, it doesn't <laughs> give you anything else. It's just like it threatens all these characters, and so you have no real conclusion unless everyone's dead or someone victoriously saves everybody but even chops down the tree yeah that there's, yeah there's no way you're gonna be satisfied unless humphreys is dead because he's a, right he's gotta go he he, he literally ch- ends the show going help me it's choking me to death. he's narrating <laughs> he's narrating to his grave <laughs> if they chopped on the tree though you would at least get the you know the ow cut it up quit it ow ow I will tell you, I listened to this with my wife, and uh, afterwards, she said, she said, uh, well, first of all, she did say, "Uh, who chose this one? Uh, And then she said, well, you're not going to play the whole episode, are you? But I would be curious, I would invite listeners to please, you know, uh, 
make some comments if you disagree with this heartily because a lot of people have thought that this is spooky. Right. As it would be all interesting heck. to see in a response from a listener that before we came on at the end of this started talking that we're sitting there going I love that that was scary and I really enjoyed that and then now they're super mad at us yeah. please tell us I want to know why this is uh, good <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to know that I have the option to add comments and tell you why I'm mad at you <laughs> Yes, we, we let's do listeners. that. <laughs> you guys, let's just sign in under different names, like we have thousands of listeners, and just rip each other. <laughs> All right, Black Star Twenty Nine. <laughs> See, you get the internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's my handle. All right. Well, I think we all agreed, Tim. Uh, overall, doesn't hold up. Some redeeming qualities. Doesn't hold up. Does not hold. Too narrative. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and too slow. All right, well, that's going to do it for the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society uh, podcast this week. We are dedicated to suspense and horror stories from the golden age of radio. Uh, if you would like to learn more about this episode, if you'd like to leave those comments, if you would like to uh, learn more about us and what other things we are doing, which we have lots of things uh, going on that you should look up shows on stage that are going to be fantastic. You can go to ghoulishdelights.com. That is ghoulishdelights.com. And you can also do something on iTunes. Write a review of this podcast, not of Demon Tree. That's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> so please do that. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. And remember, until next time... Look out!